Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. How's everyone's week going? Mine's going pretty good, making it through. Nothing that wild going on this week, which is great because I need a second to get my life a little bit back in order. That's what's new with me. I'm getting it together, getting things in order. Hopefully it will lead to some de-stressing because it just kind of feels like there has not been time to get the things done that I need to get done recently. But that's okay. We're going to change it up. We're going to make the time as we always do. But I guess that is what happens when you have a weekend filled with fun, which is exactly what this past weekend was. Like I told you guys on Saturday, it was my boyfriend's birthday. So his brother was in town. One of our friends from home was here. We hung out with some of our Chicago friends. It was just a very full weekend. On Friday, we went to a birthday dinner for him, which was incredible. So nice. He had a great time. We actually reined in his birthday at 12 a.m. on Saturday in an Uber, and our Uber driver was so nice. He blasted a song that we wanted him to play at midnight. It was just really fun, and then on Saturday, the actual birthday... We went to go see Wonka again because we love that movie so much. You guys have to see it, okay? I don't often see movies twice in theaters. I would say that that very, very rarely happens. I think the last time that it did happen was for Top Gun Maverick. And I also loved that movie. But Wonka is just such a feel-good movie. We love it, so we decided to see it again. And then we went out at night, bar hopped a bit. Just had a really fun day in a lot of great people's company. And then on Sunday, my boyfriend's brother and our friend left, and we started to get the place back in order. But also, we had one more thing to do for birthday weekend, and that was to make a cake. So we made a cake for him. It was perfect. Just the two of us got some time to relax. And then the thoughts started creeping in about everything that I have to get done this week. And even though it's Thursday, there is still a lot left to do. I will talk about some of those thoughts a little bit later in this episode. Before we do, let's get into the rest of this episode and into what's hot. This week, we are talking about the 2024 Coachella lineup. Now, I know that not everybody goes to Coachella, not everybody cares about going to Coachella, but I think it's still kind of fun to see who's going to be there, who some of those headliners are, maybe some of those smaller artists too. It just seems like something that always makes headline news. Even if you've never gone to this festival before, it's sort of fun to know. And while I very likely will not be going to Coachella this year, I have no plans to go, I have no plans to buy tickets, it used to be one of my favorite things to do with my friends while I was living in LA. It's definitely an experience, and I do feel too that more and more, and maybe this was always the case, but it feels like it's more prevalent now that people are talking about this being the case, that they're going for a lot of those smaller artists, not necessarily just the headliners. Which I think is cool, because the headliners, what, they're only like three artists. So if you're only going to see the headliners, then you may as well just have gone to one of their concerts instead. Going to a festival really makes it so that you can see some of your favorites, even if they're in completely different genres or they're not as big as the headliners. Just to be able to see so many people in one place in a fun environment like that, it's a really good time. But obviously, now I live in Chicago, so going is a bit more of a journey than it used to be. 
But anyway, let's get into it. Coachella 2024 lineup. The headliners are Lana Del Rey, Tyler the Creator, and Doja Cat. And then a couple other big ones that are on the list. No Doubt, Ice Spice, Blur, J Balvin, Beso Pluma, so many more. But I'll read a little bit of a blurb from Pitchfork about who's coming on what day. So Pitchfork.com writes, The Friday's lineups include Del Rey, Beso Bluma, Lil Uzi Vert, Justice, Deftones, Peggy Goo, Young Miko, Bizarap, Skepta, Ken Carson, Faye Webster, Tanashi, Brittany Howard, Chappelle Roan, Chloe, and Black Country, New Road. On Saturday, Tyler, the creator, shares a lineup with Blur, Ice Spice, Sublime, Bleachers, Grimes, John Batiste, Orbital, Kevin Abstract, The Blessed Madonna, One Oatrix, Point Never, Baritalia, Erica DeCossier, Military Gun, and Mandy Indiana. And then the Sundays will feature Doja Cat, J Balvin, Krongbin, Lil Yachty, Victoria Monet, Renee Rapp, BB Rexa, Koi Ray, Taking Back Sunday, Boy Harsher, Jogstrap, M. Du Mukhtar, and Feeble Little Horse. Gonna say it now again, so sorry if I pronounced any of those wrong. It is highly possible that I did. Even artists that I know and listen to, sometimes even the ones that I listen to consistently, I still pronounce some of those wrong. But I want to do it right, guys. So correct me if I'm wrong on any of those, please. Let's see what else Pitchfork writes. Organizers will be hoping for a smoother experience with headliners than in the two years past, when Kanye West and Frank Ocean both pulled out last minute. In 2022, The Weeknd and Swedish House Mafia replaced West, and last year, Ocean dropped out of his second weekend set, blaming a purported ankle injury. His first weekend set had proven divisive, with some heralding their irreverent approach to his catalog while others bristled at the set list and long sections of pre-recorded vocals. Ocean was replaced by Skrillex, Fortet, and Fred again, with Blink-182 bumped up the bill to precede them. Yeah, I did actually forget about that. They have not had the best luck with headliners, I feel, for quite some time. I guess it'll be interesting to see if anything does happen. Honestly, who I probably would be most excited to see... Not a headliner, but very well could have been a headliner, I feel, J Balvin. Also, would have been excited to see Sublime. There are a couple other non-headliners in here that I would have been excited for, too. The headliners are cool, though. I just feel like I'm not a super fan of any of them, but I know a lot of people are. But even about the headliners, I was reading a thing on Complex, and they said, here, what did they say? Let me get the quote. They said, the headliners are a safe bet, but that's okay. Then they go on to say that while some may find the main stage choices underwhelming, these selections promise an enjoyable experience. Lana Del Rey's Golden Age Hopeless Romantics will undoubtedly front and center in the crowd with her younger fans staking their positions earlier in the day for Sabrina Carpenter. The original Coachella goers will also find a place of familiarity with classic groups such as Deftones, Sublime, No Doubt Taking the Stage, Tyler's consistent success draws odd future fans and rap enthusiasts who will undoubtedly gather shoulder to shoulder, and controversial star Doja Cat will wrap up the weekend with what's sure to be a strong showcasing of her extensive catalog of hits. 
Plus, they're not headliners, but no doubt is returning for the first time in nearly 10 years. See, like, something like that I feel would be really cool, to be able to see Gwen Stefani perform. But yeah, also in this article, they call out, the Latin scene has a particularly strong presence this year. We absolutely love to see that. Reggaeton superstar J Balvin, breakout phenomenon Young Miko, and internet sensation Bizarrap make for a great cocktail of artists in the reggaeton and trap genres. So there you go. Those are some of the artists that are going to be there. If you're interested in going to Coachella, or maybe you do just want to see what artists are going to be represented there, do even more of a deep dive. This list is everywhere now. And if you're curious to when Coachella is, let me look. What are the dates? The two weekends are April 12th through the 14th and the 19th through the 21st. So if you go, let me know how it is. Let me know who you see. And we'll see if any other news comes out about this once it's going on. Because like these articles have said, there has been drama in the past with some headliners. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. And also, speaking of one of those headliners, Lana Del Rey, did everybody see that Skims promo for the Valentine's Day shop where she did a campaign with them? If you have not seen this, go check out the pictures. She looks absolutely stunning. And I feel like this was all really great timing, which I'm sure that was pretty planned. But for her to be announced as a headliner, for her to have this Skims campaign have the internet be obsessed with this Skims campaign. I feel like people too were reposting these images, not even for the Skims element of it, but for the Lana Del Rey element of it. It was just really so well done. I was very impressed by it. So even more buzz around Lana Del Rey and now Skims Valentine's Day shop, which actually perfectly transitions us into what's good because the first thing that I have on the list is something from Skims. They were having a sale a couple weeks ago, and I happened to open my email at the right time because there was actually still inventory left on the site, which is sometimes a good thing, but also sometimes a bad thing because then you actually have to make the decision of whether or not you should buy it. Because even though it's on sale, you know, things add up, you guys. Did I really need a Skims matching sweat set? No. But is it my new favorite matching sweat set? Possibly. It is so comfortable. So I got the Cotton Fleece Classic Hoodie in the color Spruce and the Cotton Fleece Jogger also in Spruce. And I will say, I don't think that I would have bought these individually because I would have been like, okay, I don't know, Emma, you have a lot of sweatshirts, you have enough sweatpants. But the fact is is that they had both in my size in a really cute color and other sizes were also sold out so I had to make a decision very quickly and I decided to purchase and I don't regret it I've actually been living in this set it's just so comfortable and it's so cold here right now it's really hard not to so yeah I would say that these sets definitely live up to the hype I know they have rave reviews people say how comfortable they are and I'm here to tell you myself, they are really, really nice. They're also very cute. Like, I think as far as a sweat set goes, it's comfy, cute, and flattering in more of like a comfy way. I don't really know how else to describe that. 
but it's not like a frumpy set, I guess. It's just cute. It looks cute. It looks cozy. Like, I'm sure people wear this set to the airport. I don't know that I'll ever do that, but who knows, guys. Like I said, can't take this set off, so it could happen. If you guys want one for yourself, if you want to see what's available, you can go to skims.com. And I guess now, too, you can also shop the Valentine's Day shop on Skims. That opened this week, so not sure if there's going to be anything left, but worth a shot. At the very least, you can see gorgeous pictures of Lana Del Rey. Alright guys, next up for what's good is a show. And this is something that I have been waiting to talk to you guys about. It's a show that I feel like I am very late to the game starting watching, but I kind of wanted to wait until I really needed a show to watch because I wanted to fully enjoy it. I wanted it to have all of my attention, but then it's kind of tricky because you don't want to finish it too fast. Okay, anyway, the show is The Crown. I know people know it. I know people love it. It has been nominated for things a bunch of times. It is so well done. It is so entertaining. Like I said, it is hard not to binge it because I've definitely been watching it pretty fast. I'm already on season four. Diana is now in the picture, but I think there's only six seasons. So I feel like I need to slow down because I don't want to be so sad when it's over. Because season six, I think that season, like the last episode came out for that last year, I'm pretty sure in December. So once I'm done, I am done. So if you guys want to watch this one, I would recommend it, but I would recommend try to go as slow as possible. All right, so with all that background, here's your summary. Based on an award-winning play, The Audience, by showrunner Peter Morgan, this lavish Netflix original drama chronicles the life of Queen Elizabeth II from the 1940s to modern times. The series begins with an inside look at the early reign of the queen, who ascended the throne at age 25 after the death of her father, King George VI. As the decades pass, personal intrigues, romances, and political rivalries are revealed that played a big role in events that shaped the later years of the 20th century. So, so good. Like I said, six seasons. And this is a show that I believe the cast changes in a couple different points. I've had one cast change. I think it was after season two that they changed the cast. And I think that there's going to be another one, maybe after season four, I would assume. But I know for some of the characters later on, they do change some of the cast. I just don't know if it's going to be a full cast change like it was for season two to season three. And usually, I don't love that. I don't love a cast change. It often takes me out of the story. It takes me a really long time to adjust to the new cast. And this one, I struggled with it a little bit, but not very much. I feel like it took me maybe three episodes into season three to start being okay with it and wanting to know what the characters are doing again and all of that. That shift is just kind of hard to do. But I actually thought that they did it in a really smart way for this because they had an episode dedicated to kind of this changeover. At the top of season three, I think it's the first episode, is called Olding, and it's literally like them getting older. So yes, such a great show. So many of the characters are insanely dynamic, so much going on all the time. 
the relationships are wild, the customs, the traditions. I feel like I'm learning so much, but also I do always have to keep in mind that not everything in it may have 100% happened. That while it is based on the royal family, and I think that there is a lot of truth behind some of these things, for instance, they do have historical events to take place, and then sometimes they'll tell you in a blurb at the end of the episode how that event played out or whatever it may be. And I think they try to stay true to a lot of stuff. Like I would imagine for some speeches that they give or any big moment that would have been documented in real life, that they probably implement that in some ways in the show. But I don't know. I think it's always important to fact check if you are taking this as historical accuracy than to just do some of your own research. That's what I've kind of been doing throughout the show. Not to say that I'm an expert on anything by any means, but it definitely does make you curious as to what's true, what's not, how it's represented, if some of those conversations really happened, some of those scandals, some of those events, whatever it may be. But it is labeled a history show, you know? And even if you Google, like, how accurate is the crown, let me see actually what it says if we Google that. How accurate is the crown? Okay, this is from historyextra.com. They say that the show, which takes viewers behind the closed doors of royal life, undoubtedly strays into the realms of supposition on occasion. But much of the action is drawn at the very real personal and political challenges that beset many members of the British royal family in the 20th and into the 21st century. So I think there is a lot of historical accuracy, but also, again, it's a show. It's not deeming to be a documentary or anything like that, but more of a representation of historical events. So definitely check it out if you have not yet seen it, if it sounds interesting to you. I think it's so good, so entertaining. Again, it's called The Crown, and you can watch it on Netflix. All right, guys. And last up for what's good, your song. It is called Anchor by Novo Amor. As always, you can find it on our playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good, on Spotify. And last up for this episode, Need to Know Basis. Let's bring it back to the beginning, what I was talking to you guys about. Stressors creeping into my fun time which is definitely something that I've brought up to you guys before in other conversations on this podcast. But it is something that I am constantly trying to work on because one of the most annoying things, in my opinion, is when you have things that are stressing you out, okay? Like we all have those things all the time, no matter how big, how small, whatever it is in your life. And some of those stressors aren't even in your control, And they might not be that big of a thing. It's definitely not life or death or anything close to that that I'm talking about here. It's stressors like, here, I'll use a real world example. So for me, my other podcast, Excuse My Reach, you guys know, it's interview style. So of course, because of that, I need to have guests on to interview. But the thing is, if you're trying to get a guest, maybe you've reached out to them They've agreed, they're excited about it, yay, okay, you get a new guest. But then, after that first step is done, 
Then in comes the scheduling. And the scheduling element of it can be stressful because you're not working within the construct of just your schedule. You need to figure out what works for them, how to align the schedules, all that. And it sounds simple, but it's really not. People are really busy, always. So to lock in times, to make sure that there's enough time after recording to edit, to do everything that I want to do with it, to really make it perfect before it's released, that is a stressor for me. And that's one that I can't really control. I can control some elements of it, but I cannot control when somebody is going to be able to communicate back to me when they're available. And then further than that, once they do get back to me with that information, I can't control when they are or aren't available. I can just work around that and hopefully have enough time to edit and hopefully be able to release it on time and all of that. And I'm very strict with my schedules in the sense of like, I do not want to be late releasing an episode. I want to release that episode on the first Friday of the month, like every other episode, But I don't know, there's just a lot of things that are outside of my control. And those things stress me out and then creep into fun times. And that gets to be so frustrating. Because I'm like, I can't control it. I've done all that I can for this. And me thinking about it right now, stressing about it right now, while I'm in the middle of doing something fun, only takes away from the fun thing that I'm doing. It doesn't make the other situation better. It doesn't improve anything. It doesn't make me less stressed. If anything, it makes me more stressed because then I'm thinking about it and also I'm thinking about the fact that I could be having more fun if I wasn't thinking about it. I don't know, guys. Sometimes I just want to change the channel in my brain and be able to fully compartmentalize. These are the stressful things These are the fun things. We're not going to enter into the stress bucket right now because we can't do anything about them right now. And we're not going to leave the fun bucket right now because we want to be fully in the fun bucket right now. I don't know if any of you guys feel that way. I feel like somebody out there must. It seems like a pretty universal feeling. But yeah, I guess this is more of just a vent session for the frustrations of that. I will say I did kind of look up some things that could potentially help with that, but it is advice like exercise, change up your activity, watch something, and those are all good pieces of advice, but I think I'm more looking for something of like when I'm actually already doing the fun thing, how to not bring my mind back to a place of stress. And I think really the only thing that I've thought of that's kind of helped is just reframing my thoughts. Like, instead of trying to push the stress out, saying to myself internally what I basically have just said here. You cannot change it right now, so actively try to think away from it. I also set reminders on my phone as like, okay, you're not thinking about this right now, but maybe it'll ease your mind if you have a designated time set to think about this again. So you're not thinking about it while you're watching a movie. You're going to try to take your brain out of that. But then when that movie's over in two hours or maybe even three hours from now, you set a reminder to reach out to that person again or focus on the thing that's stressing you out or whatever it may be. 
that I feel like has sort of helped me. And then one other thing that I'll say that has been helping a little bit, I've been noticing that if I'm watching a show, for instance, okay, like let's say I'm watching The Crown, and then I pick up my phone and start scrolling or like looking at other social media or whatever it may be, that has been tending to bring my brain back to the stressed out thoughts. Because then I end up almost inevitably when I'm on my phone going to my email or checking my reminders or while I'm scrolling seeing somebody that I'm like oh maybe I should reach out to them and see if they'll respond. It just brings me back into it while I'm trying to do something to bring me out of it. So putting my phone down just focusing on the crown for a second actually is helpful. So I don't know, maybe that could help you guys too. Just doing one fun activity at a time, reading, watching a movie, watching a show, going out for coffee, seeing your friends, having a conversation, something that's more active and mindful than mindlessly going on your phone. Because I think whenever you're multitasking like that, it then allows your brain to multitask into the thing that you're stressing about. That's what it's been like for me, so trying to avoid my phone in specific situations like that. So that's the little reflection of the week for you guys. Hopefully, this isn't an issue for you right now, but if it is, like I said, I feel like it's something that's pretty universal. Even if it's not happening right now, it could have been happening last week or maybe it'll happen next week whatever it is for you i get you i'm in it right now and it's not about avoiding the things that we have to do it really is to just try to not let it consume us so let's all try in those moments to change the channel thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode i hope that you have an amazing rest of your week a fantastic weekend Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. Find some great content to consume. Take your mind off a few things if you need to. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. 